0: wherever you get your podcasts. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM, let's create. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast, How Rude, Tanneritos. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at the case of a wealthy newspaper heiress, who was kidnapped by a revolutionary terrorist group and seemingly converted to their cause. The day was February 4th, 1974. A 19-year-old college student named Patty Hurst was abducted at gunpoint from her apartment in Berkeley, California. At about 9 o'clock that evening, Hearst responded to a knock at her door, and was confronted by a group of armed men and women. It was later learned that they were a little-known revolutionary cell who identified themselves as the Symbionese Liberation Army, or SLA. The group forced their way into Hearst's apartment, and proceeded to beat up her fiancé, a 26-year-old math teacher named Stephen Weed. He was tied up, along with a neighbor who had tried to intervene, and Patty Hearst was carried out of the building, blindfolded and terrified. Witnesses reported seeing Hearst struggle as she was loaded into the trunk of a car. Neighbors who responded to the commotion were forced to take cover as the kidnappers fired their guns wildly to mask their escape. No one knew it at the time, but that evening marked the start of one of the strangest abduction cases in modern history. Patty Hearst's captors, the SLA, were led by an infamous criminal named Donald DeFries. In the years leading up to Hearst's abduction, he and the SLA carried out a series of violent crimes, including bank robberies, attempted bombings, and the murder of both police officers and civilians. According to the FBI, The ultimate goal of the far, far left-wing group was to incite guerrilla war against the U.S. government in hopes of destroying the, quote, capitalist state. At this point, you might be wondering about the meaning of the term symbionese. It's not a nationality. According to Donald DeFries' manifesto, it's, quote, taken from the word symbiosis, And we define its meaning as a body of dissimilar bodies and organisms living in deep and loving harmony and partnership in the best interest of all within the body. What he meant by this was that the SLA was an inclusive domestic terror group. Its ranks were open to all races, genders, and ages. Far left anarchists and extremists of all stripes were welcome. All of which leads us to the big question. Why did this group kidnap Patty Hearst? The answer is mostly for publicity. Hearst was from a wealthy, powerful family that had instant name recognition with the public. Her grandfather was William Randolph Hearst, the largest newspaper tycoon in the country and the inspiration for the classic Orson Welles film Citizen Kane. By kidnapping a member of such a famous, well-heeled family, the SLA ensured they would make front-page national news, including in many of the newspapers owned by Hearst. Following her abduction, Patty Hearst was taken to an SLA safe house, where she was confined in a dark closet. Three days later, the group sent a letter to a radio station, announcing that it was holding the newspaper heiress as a, quote, prisoner of war. Soon after, the SLA began releasing audio tapes demanding that the Hearst family supply $70 million worth of food donations to feed the needy in Southern California. If they did so, Patty Hearst would be returned unharmed. The Hearst Corporation gave away $2 million worth of food, but said it would only donate the rest after Patty had been freed. SLA leader Donald Defries then released the following statement to Patty's parents. He said, quote, I wish to say to Mr. Hurst and Mrs. Hurst, I am quite willing to carry out the execution of your daughter to save the life of starving men, women, and children of every race. Negotiations were strained, to say the least, and wound up dragging on for several weeks. During this time, The SLA began abusing and torturing their captive, both physically and psychologically. Patty Hearst later described being forced to listen to hours of revolutionary rhetoric and tirades about the complicity of her family in the many crimes of capitalism. She was also subjected to sleep and food deprivation, to death threats, and to rape. The aim of this violent indoctrination was to turn Hearst the poster child for wealth and privilege into the face of the sla's coming revolution disturbingly the campaign seemed to work on april 3rd the group released a tape of patty hurst pledging her allegiance to the sla and to their fight to bring down the quote corporate state she marked this conversion by taking on a new name tanya her family was stunned and insisted she must have been brainwashed Others interpreted the statement as a sign of Stockholm Syndrome, a desperate bid to identify with her captors as a way to stay alive. The tape divided the country and left everyone questioning whether Hearst's newfound devotion was sincere or not. Was she really the newest member of the SLA? The answer came 12 days later, when Patty Hearst, or Tanya, was recorded on surveillance cameras while robbing the Hibernia Bank in San Francisco, along with members of the SLA. In the footage, she was seen wielding an assault weapon, shouting orders at bystanders, and providing cover for her fellow robbers. In a tape recording released shortly after, Hearst declared, quote, I am a soldier in the People's Army. The Hibernia Bank robbery made Hearst one of the most wanted fugitives in the country, but that didn't compel her to keep a low profile. In the months that followed, she took part in several other crimes committed by the SLA, including as the getaway driver for another robbery in which a mother of four was killed. A break in the case arrived on May 17th, when the FBI cornered six members of the SLA at one of their safe houses in Los Angeles. A shootout ensued, and the building caught fire. All six of the suspects died in the blaze, including the SLA leader, Donald DeFreeze. As for Patty Hearst, she and several others avoided capture and spent the next year and a half on the run from federal agents. She was finally caught and arrested in San Francisco in September 1975, 19 months after being kidnapped. At trial, Hearst was defended by well-known star attorney F. Lee Bailey Jr., who argued that she had been coerced and brainwashed by the SLA. There was evidence to support this, including signs of malnutrition and a drop in her IQ score. The jury, however, was unconvinced and ultimately found her guilty of armed bank robbery and other crimes. She was sentenced to seven years in prison but only served two years before having her sentence commuted by President Jimmy Carter. Then, 22 years later, in 2001, President Bill Clinton granted her a full pardon. Along the way, she got married, though not to her ex-fiancé, Stephen Weed, and in 1982, she wrote a best-selling memoir titled Every Secret Thing. She then settled in Connecticut raised two daughters, and eventually launched a new career as an actress, appearing in several movies by director John Waters. As for the rest of the Symbionese Liberation Army, several members were sentenced to eight years in prison for their role in Hearst's abduction. The last two known members of the group were arrested in 1999 and 2002, respectively. Patty Hearst has always maintained that she was forced to participate in the SLA's crimes and was only ever a victim of the group. Her defense attorney, F. Lee Bailey, seemed to genuinely believe her. He later said that the first time they met, he felt like he was talking to, quote, a zombie. On the other hand, the prosecution has never put much stock in her story. When Hearst applied for a presidential pardon in 2000, San Francisco U.S. Attorney Robert Muller, yes, that Robert Mueller, objected to the application. He contended that, quote, The attitude of Hearst has always been that she is a person above the law, and that, based on her wealth and social position, she is not accountable for her conduct, despite the jury's verdict. The abduction of Patty Hearst captivated the public consciousness during a precarious time for the nation. The Vietnam War was still raging overseas, as a national gas shortage and the Watergate political scandal increased tensions at home. The Hearst case tapped into this growing sense of uncertainty, raising all kinds of questions about brainwashing, free will, and culpability. For many people, five decades later, the mystery at the heart of the story still remains. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It'll sure feel like it. Elevate your entertainment using all your favorite apps like iHeart and play all your music, radio, and podcasts with the new Roku Pro series. Your senses aren't better. Your TV is. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. work.